You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame Athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are previewing Notre Dame's next key matchup this Saturday against Georgia Tech. We're also going to put a nice bow on top of the 21 recruiting class as it is signing day as we're recording this on Wednesday, February 3rd. You're going to be listening to this on Thursday and we're just going to give our final thoughts on the recruiting class and officially turn the page. Before we get to that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So we we already spoke on Notre Dame's huge victory over Wake Forest, completely stopping them, almost beating them by 20 points, continuing their streak of completely messing up the Weaker teams in the ACC proving that they can continue some momentum playing really good at the start of the second half. They now shift their focus a quick turnaround quicker than usual against Georgia Tech. Eight o'clock on Saturday on the ACC network. This Georgia Tech team is better than the original time that they were expected to play them. Eight and six eight and six is their current record, four and four in conference. If we're looking at their schedule, their key wins come against Kentucky. UNC and Clemson, and then key odd losses. One of them makes sense, UVA by two, but the one weird one is they have a loss to Mercer. So they might actually be possibly a rankable team if they don't have that Mercer loss, but still nonetheless a strong team that is going to be a difficult opponent, more difficult than the teams that they have recently beat. Still a very winnable game. So let's get into talking about this team and getting to know it, Ryan. Their key players, Jose Alvarado, 17 and a half points per game, three and a half rebounds, who is only six foot, and then Moses Wright, 16.9 points per game and 7.7 rebounds, who is 6'9, 233. And I think Ryan, one of the things for this game, it sounds like they've got two really good star players. If you have two guys as a mid-tier ACC team averaging over 16 points, that's pretty good to have on your roster. But right now, if you look at the entire group and the crop of starters and the guys that contribute in the roster as a whole, they don't have a single person over 6'9". And as we know, Ryan, that tends to weigh heavily in the favor of Notre Dame because they do a lot better against these shorter teams. Well, I was about to say, like, you know, Jose Alvarado, obviously a very good player, averaging over 17 points a game. I'm not as concerned about him if we're talking about the stars, keeping the stars in check for Georgia Tech, because I think that Notre Dame does match up well on the perimeter with Prentice Hub and Goodwin and Trey Wirtz. Like, I, I think that our perimeter is very strong. What makes me a little more confident going against a guy like Moses Wright, who's very talented at six, a six foot nine download uh, player, is that. We now have seen a couple games in a row where Jawan Dorham is playing very good basketball, our six foot eleven center. Nate Lashevsky is not playing incredibly offensively over the last couple of days, but he is playing good defense. He is rebounding the basketball. So all of a sudden, and it's kind of been the same for most of the year, right? Like even when Dorham wasn't playing that well, we still have Lashevsky at six foot ten. Notre Dame typically has the advantage down low, and they are going to need every advantage that they can get against a guy like Moses Wright, who is I think the most problematic cover for them. This can't be a game where Juwan Dorm all of a sudden after two solid games just 
disappears. Like we need him in this game to counteract a guy like Moses Wright. The ability to have two guys, two skyscrapers down low at six foot ten plus for Notre Dame, I think is going to be a huge point of emphasis for them, counteracting uh, Wright and making him a little uncomfortable. Uh, Alvarado, you know, he's going to get his at some point because he's a talented player. But I think that really the emphasis again is take advantage where we typically do have the advantage. That's having a little bit of a bigger lineup than most teams we play. We need big games again from Juwan Dorm and Nate Lashevsky, both offensively but also defensively to counteract Moses Wright. And that's where I'm the most keyed in on is Jawan Durham, who on a current stretch of games where he's played pretty strong, he's rebounded decently, but he needs to have a good defensive game. The last time that we saw him go against a more compact big that scores a lot of points and rebounds well was when they played Ohio State, and he looked pretty bad against EJ Liddell. This, I think, is a much favorable matchup. Uh, Again, I'm going to be very keen on how Juwan Durham does because if he plays just at least a strong outing, they should be able to keep Moses Wright under wraps. This is a a pretty decent matchup for him. The one thing that does scare me a little bit, Ryan, is that this team statistically is pretty strong at defending the three. And as we've seen, teams that do not allow Notre Dame good three-point opportunities have been very successful. So right now they're only averaging allowing uh, 36.7%. Not like they're holding teams under 30, but that still is a very good metric as Notre Dame right now has been well over 45 over the last few games. So if we're in a situation here where the three ball is just not going to be open, we do need to rely on some of the other players like Lashevsky and Prentice Hub to attack the basket and get most of their points that way, especially when this lineup does not have very many tall players. The the key, key, key thing here is how well do they do when the, those three-point shots are not available and they're not dropping? Do they just keep chucking them up and missing? Or do they expand their offensive um, arsenal and are they able to score, score in multiple ways? Well, I, I think that's the other key thing about being able to dominate down low, though, is if we can get some easy baskets early and really make Moses right in the rest of the front court for Georgia Tech have to really collapse a little harder, that leads to, to you know out, outlet passes, and that leads to to open threes potentially because you're obviously defenders are collapsing. You get some open looks outside on the perimeter, and we need our guys like Goodwin and Wirtz and, and the secondary scorers on Notre Dame to be able to hit those open shots because I think that as long as Dorham and Leshevsky and even Hub, like you were saying, being able to drive to the basket to get some open looks inside and eventually cause Georgia Tech to have to counteract that their, their uh, success inside, that there's going to be some open opportunities. It's all about the secondary scores because we need guys, again, like Leshevsky and Dorham to have good basketball games. If they're not if they don't have the ability to win inside and to threaten inside, then it's going to make it a whole, whole lot tougher for us to knock down some threes because everything is going to be a lot more contested. Notre Dame needs to stay balanced, but they really need to assert themselves on the inside to lead to those open looks. I think that's the most advantageous way that Notre Dame is going to have success in this game. And hey, look, at the end of the day, man, we keep talking like Georgia Tech's a good basketball team. We've beaten a couple teams in a row that we should have beaten. Three games in a row, that's called a win streak. We need to continue this momentum building towards the ACC tournament because Notre Dame looks like, hey, if we can win a streak together a couple more in a row, this could finally be that 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 last that hurdle to get over to really be able to pick up a lot of momentum trending in the right direction. And it starts inside with Jawan Dorm and Nate Lashevsky. 
We're going to end up recapping this game after it's played on the Monday show, so stay tuned for that. Um, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners about Rock Auto before we get into the signing day conversation? Well, if you've had any repairs to your car recently, you know that it can be a big hassle. Most chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices, on the other hand, are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than, than changing prices based on what the market dictates like airlines do, for instance. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, all capital locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section. So they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button for us as well and leave us a five-star review. So the official signing day, we had the early signing period where pretty much all of the current recruits have signed. I, I don't think there's really many guys that are outside of it. We pretty much already know what this recruiting class is going to look like, but there are still some stragglers that are committing to some other schools and signing their national letters of intent. However, there is you know, still some conversations that we'd like to have on this recruiting class, and I think it's a good time to just cleanly wrap up this 21 recruiting class before we eventually entirely shift our focus to the 22 group. So what we're going to do for these final two segments, we're going to talk about some of the key guys that we want to mention from the class with a couple superlatives. So Ryan, hitting on these offensive players first, let's get into who we think is the most likely to play right away. Who do you think is going to get on the field first out of the... Uh, incoming freshman for this offensive Notre Dame recruit group? Well, key there is incoming freshman because I think the easy one in the recruiting class right. is Jack Cohn. Right. But we're, we're not, we're not, we don't do easy here at Locked on Irish. So I'm going to throw out a couple guys because I think that it's going to be a little tough for the offensive freshman to make a huge impact. But if I had to pick the main guy that I think does have a shot, I think it's one of the wide receivers, Deion Coles, he earned Lorenzo Stiles Jr., I went with Lorenzo Styles Jr. because I think that he has flexibility, that he could work both inside and out. We have guys like Kevin Austin and Brayden Lindsey uh, coming back that are hopefully ready, Jordan Johnson, hopefully ready to take that next step. But Lorenzo Styles is a very talented player who is a top 100 recruit by most recruiting platforms, most recruiting services. 
So he's the guy that I think has the most clear expectation to play. The other guy, it, it's it's I don't want to say it's a wild card because he's actually our top ranked recruit is Blake Fisher, and that is mostly just because hey, no, we talked about it in our preview show of what the offensive line might look like next year. There are so many different combinations, and we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. I can see Blake Fisher starting either at right tackle or inside at guard pretty early because I think that he is one of those guys at six foot five, three hundred thirty plus pounds is pretty college ready to contribute to Notre Dame. So is he a slam dunk to play early? I don't think so. So I'm going to be leaning one of the wide receivers as the instant impact guy. But I wouldn't be shocked if if um, if at some point in the 2021 season that Blake Fisher does crack the starting lineup and becomes a mainstay on the Notre Dame offensive line for a couple of years. That's a really interesting look at it. I, I, if I were to guess just kind of the way you laid that out, it would probably make more sense for someone other than a lineman to get on the field just because of how well they've constantly recruited, and there's just a lot of guys currently waiting in the wings. But I, I like your point there. If if someone's going to get on the field first, it's probably going to be a receiver just because of how thin Notre Dame is kind of right now. Like I, like they have good weapons and talented guys. However, it, like they're still lacking like a huge playmaker. So I, I could see um, – going in that direction. Now, most talented, I think this one's pretty obvious, and I think that this is also the most fun to discuss. Had he been able to play the season, he might have a higher star rating than some of the other recruits in the class. He's still, a, I think, a top 10 guy regardless. Who's your most talented? Well, yeah, I think 24-7 sports might have Tyler Buckner, the quarterback coming out of California, as a top 50 recruit somewhere in that ballpark, top 60 recruit. I think it's rivals though that does have him as like a top 30 guy so there are some high expectations and high opinions on Tyler Buckner of course hit playing in California without a senior season after being hurt during his sophomore year so he's only played one season in three years and just kind of thinking about that like if he was able to play another year this past year he probably is elevated to five-star status in most most um, recruiting uh, recruiting uh, outlets so I think that Tyler Buckner has everything you look for as that next big playmaker at the quarterback position. You know, he has that off-platform release. He has a strong arm. He's very athletic. I, I've heard several times he kind of looks up to an Aaron Rodgers playing out there in California. And I see some comparisons, you know. Like, obviously I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but like how he plays from a play style perspective I think that there are some parallels there and he's an outstanding runner which I think is going to help him out too early on in his Notre Dame career running some of that read option game um, so Tyler Buckner's the guy that I look forward to seeing down the line obviously with Jack Cohn coming in I don't think that he's going to make much of an impact in 2021 but I do think that Tyler Buckner is that guy that we've been waiting for the last couple years as the next big time quarterback at Notre Dame yeah, no, I, I'm on that same page here, and we didn't really get to see what he could have done this this season because he didn't get to play, but I, that doesn't really matter. We know that Buckner is talented. He, he misses out on getting to play this year. Maybe it benefits him, as we've talked about, to sit for a little bit, but I, I feel like I'm really excited for Buckner, and, and Buckner right now is probably the most talented, as you mentioned, quarterback recruit that we've seen in a while and I think that he could inevitably have the most impact out of the group now hitting on like a sleeper guy somebody who maybe isn't as talked about at the top who do you think could kind of come in and make an impact uh, amongst this group well if you listen to our good friend Mike Singer over there at Rivals he talks about this guy constantly as like his big sleeper and I'm, I'm kind of on board with the man and I'm talking about Joe Alt who is actually plays tight ends for his 
for his team. <laughs> and he is listed at six foot seven, 280 pounds. And he kind of fits that Mike McGlinchey mold because Mike McGlinchey played a ton of tight ends when he was coming out of high school as well. And I think that he is going to be a guy that just continues to get bigger and bigger. And he might be one of those high upside takes to eventually be an offensive tackle. You know, he's probably going to be six foot seven, 300 plus pounds without much difficulty at all. And he has incredible feet, um, incredible flexibility. I think that he might be one of those, you know, we talk about all these Notre Dame offensive tackles going first rounds. Like Joel might be that guy eventually because he's obviously a little bit of a developmental guy. But when you talk about having the raw tools, I think that everything is there for him. And he might be in that Mike McGlinchey role moving forward. Just needs to get bigger, needs to get stronger, hit that weight room, hit that Notre Dame strength and conditioning program. And I think Joe Alt down the road could be one of the best recruits to come out of this cycle. And that, that makes him kind of fun that you mentioned here that he he plays tight end for his uh, his current school. So I, I'm excited to see what ends up happening with him um, because of that. And, and sometimes you do have that case where these guys do end up playing different positions than what they play when they are uh, in high school. So coming up, we're going to talk about the defensive guys. We're going to hear what uh, Ryan's thoughts are on the defensive guys. Same superlatives. Before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. It is officially Super Bowl week. We are getting so close. We've got a couple more days until Sunday. And if you're going to bet on this game, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that you can trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. If you think maybe Patrick Mahomes will win his second straight Super Bowl or Tom Brady will win yet another ring, go put some money down on it and go earn yourself some extra cash. Don't sit on the sidelines, get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, the new Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So let's wrap this show up. Ryan, let's get to these defensive guys. Who do you think is going to get on the field the quickest? So I, I think that the position that Notre Dame needs to, to the highest degree here is cornerback. You know, we saw this year um, Nick McLeod had a solid year, you know, not a spectacular player, but very solid into the boundary at cornerback. And then the field corner was very up and down. We had Clarence Lewis, who eventually took over as a full-time starter, over Tariq Bracey, who is a true freshman. Clarence has some potential. He has a decent outlook to starting next year, obviously, after starting as a true freshman. But the, there's a huge question mark because Bracey was very, very inconsistent last year. Even Lewis was very inconsistent last year. So who's going to be that boundary corner? Because how traditionally Notre Dame plays it is, hey, the field corner is going to be a little bit smaller and a little more athletic, cover a little more ground. The boundary is going to be a bigger, more physical cornerback who can you know, play the run, can get up in, in, in a wide receiver's face and disrupt timing on routes. So I don't know if Mike Marcus Freeman is going to you know, play that traditional boundary versus field or if he's going to just keep guys left and right corner. But assuming that they do stick with that same formula in the secondary, I think that def you know, defensively finding that boundary is a huge deal. So Phil Riley is the guy for me 
who listed at six foot, 195 pounds. He is a guy that I think could play safety in a pinch. I think that eventually he could even play Rover if, as he gets bigger. Like he kind of hits that profile. And I think that he's that big physical press corner that you could put into the boundary. It's a tall ask of a freshman, but I think that Philip Riley has enough talent as a top 100 recruit, top 150 recruit to, to really assert himself into the rotation at very least. And I think that Notre Dame, if going into the 2021 season, finding that cornerback play, finding consistency at that position is going to be a huge talking point about Notre Dame. Both defensive end and cornerback, in my opinion, are the two biggest needs. But I think really cornerback, especially that big physical boundary corner, is going to be the, the biggest uh, task for head coach Marcus Freeman coming in here. And I think Philip Riley physically fits that mold the best. You mean defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman. We're not there what yet. What did I say? You said what head coach. <laughs> oh, someday. someday. I'm being optimistic. Get, getting being optimistic. really out of ourselves, even though we've already done that before. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I like the Philip Riley pick because right now I think the biggest efficiency for this group this defense is the fact that they're lacking at corner. And even if Phil Riley's young and not as experienced as some of the other guys on the roster, I'd like to find a way to get one of these young corners on the field as quickly as possible because it's better to get them experience and for them to learn than for um, – you know, to to just continually rely on older veteran guys that are going to be gone in a few years. Get Philip Riley out there. Hopefully, he does get onto the field. Hitting onto the next one, most talented. Who do you think it is? Oh, I, I mean, I, so I've been bugging Joe to go watch this guy a little more in depth. Oh, don't call me out. It. Don't call me out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Prince Kali, linebacker out of Tennessee. A lot of talk about him down the stretch after Clark Lee took the head coach job at Vanderbilt that maybe he would try to sway a guy like Prince Kali, who obviously is in Vanderbilt's backyard there in Tennessee. But Notre Dame was able to complete him. I will tell you, he plays at a lower classification in Tennessee. If he played at a bigger school, I think that he would be even a higher recruit. He's a four-star, and he's top 150, I believe, by 24-7 sports. So obviously, he's still well thought of. But this kid, man, six foot two, 210 pounds. They play him everywhere. I've seen him reps playing, you know, mid hole, almost like a safety. I've seen him, you know, playing off the edge as a blitzer. I've seen him playing off ball inside linebacker. This kid is hard hitting, very fast, well put together. I think he's going to be 6'1, 6'2, 230 plus pounds playing that buck linebacker position when it's all said and done. And I think that this kid is a legit athlete. And I think that he is a playmaker. After Kyle Hamilton leaves, I think he's going to be maybe the most talented defensive player on the roster over the next couple of years and probably their biggest playmaker because I think you can ask him to do so many things and he is just so physically gifted that he has me juiced. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even count out, hey, even though Notre Dame has some experience coming back with Maris Loifau and Drew White and um, Shane Simon and Bo Bauer, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be surprised if on some passing downs, Prince Kali gets some run early on because I think that he's that physically gifted. Yeah, you've talked about him a ton. I have not gotten the chance to watch him yet. Uh, I've been putting it off as Ryan called me out. But just off of what you've told me, it sounds really exciting. Um, I think that Notre Dame might be benefiting from maybe him being a tiny bit overlooked. You know, the possibility that he, if he played at a bigger program – at a private school, as I mentioned before we started recording, there's maybe a chance that he ends up being a five-star recruit and he's maybe a little bit more aggressively recruited. He does have a ton of offers and the interest was there, but Notre Dame able to snag a guy like this I think is so, so important, especially at the linebacker position, a position where 
Notre Dame has pretty consistently recruited extremely well, and they've also produced NFL caliber guys at the linebacker position. So potentially, Prince Kali might be the next NFL guy that they're able to push out that is a relatively high draft pick. Let's wrap up this show nicely here. Biggest sleeper. Who do you think, out of all the guys, is going to outperform expectations? Well, I picked Devin Oipau, who's the defensive end out of California. I still think I'm pronouncing it wrong. My apologies, Devin. Isn't it Opie or something like that? Opie. It might be Opie. Okay. You might be correct. I think I think you're right there. It's, uh, score one for Joe DeLeon there. Yeah, so <laughs> Devin Opie, who is six foot five, 225 pounds listed. I think he could play drop end. I think eventually he has the frame that he could even be a strong side end. But for me, he is a very talented and underrated pass rusher who is another guy like Tyler Buckner who was victim to the California season being uh, canceled this year. So he wouldn't get that big bump in recruiting. They eventually flipped him from UCLA. And when I look at him, I'm just like, there's an underrated aspect to him, but there is a big-time upside here. This kid could be 6'5", 250-plus pounds as a super athletic bendy pass rusher who gives you that juice you want off the edge on obvious passing downs as he continues to develop into his body. For me, Devin is that guy that down the road, you're going to look at him as a high three-star recruit and be like, how the heck was he only a three-star player? He should he should have been at least a four-star kid. And I think that obviously he was hurt by that that California season in this haphazard year. But for me, Devin is is a big-time recruit who I think I'm expecting a ton out of uh, for our you know pretty – decent little pipeline that we're starting to get going here, you know, with Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem and Dalen Hayes and Adi Ogandeji. Like there's a lot of good defense events coming out in our game. And I think Devin Opie is the next guy in line. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good note to wrap us up here on. And, and those are just general takeaways from the recruiting class. Not really likely that anyone else joins the class on signing day as the early signing day has become, especially this year, the priority and that's usually when things are wrapped up so we're probably going to start talking a lot more of these 2022 classes uh talking offers talking commitments until we get back to the notre dame season coming up on monday's episode we will be recapping the georgia tech game hopefully it is another victory make sure to follow us on social media at joe de leon at locked on irish and at rise and draft Hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. And then lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked On Today or Locked On Bets. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. We will talk to you tomorrow.